welcome to our show. Welcome back to uh, Red Delta Sessions. I am Kamala Harris's vibrator, also known as Valerie on the streets. In the streets, my name is Derek. In the sheets, my name is Azalea Banks' bleached asshole. <laughs> Serving no one. No one any good. Just kidding. You serve me good all the time. Every day of your existence. It's your phone background, isn't it? Non-sexual. Yeah. Your, your anus. No, Azalea's. It's Azalea's anus with your head photoshopped right in the donut hole. Exactly. <laughs> Well, I'm sure you might have noticed something a little bit different this week. We have a theme song that's not made with our mouths and hands. So uh, I hope you enjoyed that. That is our rendition of uh, Ravel's second movement of his string quartet, the only one he wrote, Bless Him. So uh, it's pretty famous. It was in the Royal Tenenbaums, is where you probably recognize it from, or any number of yeah i'm sure it was in some sort of commercial as well um but yeah i hope you shook that ass a little bit uh to it so yeah welcome back this week and happy pride month everybody that's right it is june and it is time to be as gay as your little heart desires Mm -hmm. and to tell your daddy or father happy father's day I love that Father's Day coincides with Pride Month. Me too, because it's just so ironic. I'm sure that there's lots of daddies getting just double the gifts from their biological children and then the young men that they have sex with. Really reading the room here, are we? (laughs) (laughs) On accident. Oh. Just, uh, just, uh, you know, bringing it all in Mm -hmm. for everybody. Yeah. So, uh, we want to start out with a few shout outs here. Um, so I'm going to start first. I want to shout out a podcast called Triloquy. It is a podcast uh, about classical music and breaking the barriers within to see and to explore uh, the various contributions of uh, black musicians, composers, etc. Uh, in the classical music world. It is hosted by the one and only Garrett McQueen, at Garrett McQueen on Instagram, uh, nationally syndicated radio host and content uh, creator. So please take a listen to that. And if you're hungry and you live in Aurora, Colorado, go ahead and check out Los Alcatraces. It feels like I'm going into my tia's house every time I go in there, and the food is delicious Aww. and reasonably priced. So please uh, take care of them while they take care of you and get some delicious, delicious food from them. Do you have anything that's your favorite? I love chile rellenos. Like, that is my favorite meal. Do that's you remember that one time I burnt my thrussy on a chile relleno? <laughs> You couldn't uh, deep throat for a week. For weeks. Mm-hmm. The little dangly thing in the back of your throat, unhappy. Fucked up. Yeah. Burnt mm-hmm. and swollen. Not wet. Two states of being burnt and swollen <laughs> that you don't want the back of your throat. <laughs> Not wet ass. Cardi B was disappointed in me. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah. you should really go visit Los Alcatraces. Alcatraces. 
Yes, Alcatraces. Yes. My white yes. ass. I studied Spanish from the ninth to the twelfth grade. <laughs> you can roll those R's all the way from the shaft to the tip. Really hitting it on the all the pride memos this month. I'm on a roll. I don't even know where it's coming from. Really? It's 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 because I we just got out of Black History Month and I'm on a double roll, bitch. <laughs> Black and gay hoe. Rolling from one to the other. You're like those people in Zelda. You just have your huge like rock back. You're just rolling from one celebration to the next. Y'all thought you were going to give me the shortest month of year, hoe? Well, but I'm hella gay, so thanks. (laughs) I get two. Amazing. Um, So uh, in an effort to get to know each other better, us and you, the audience, we just have a little a little icebreaker moment uh, to, to give you here. So uh, we're going to let you know about how we ended up playing the instruments that we do. And if you don't remember by now, um, I play the viola, not the violin, and Derek plays the cello. So uh, Also not the violin. Also not the violin. <laughs> <laughs> or a guitar when you see me in public. That's right. Or... Um, a gun. It's a big ass gun. Mm-hmm. Pe- did people ever ask you that? I guess your instrument case is too big. No, but one time, like years ago, when I brought my cello on a flight, that was when it was small enough to just fit in the overhead compartments. They did have me remove my end pin because it could have been used as a weapon. This was a lot closer to nine eleven, so like TSA they, was. Yeah, they're just. Well, I have. Let me tell you how many times I fucking cut my calves up on your fucking end pins. <laughs> Especially you motherfuckers that don't put that shit in, like, during rehearsal breaks. Like, first of all, do you not value your instrument? Second of all, that's a danger to everybody watching Literally. And the, uh, the cello that I have now, you can get, you can literally, you can pay, like, $40 to have your end pin sharpened. Yeah. Like, that's a service that yeah. violin makers offer. So that it pierces your skin and your calf muscle that much easier as you uh, walk by it on your way to the bathroom in the middle of a three-hour rehearsal. There's nothing better. Or to the vending machine to grab a (laughs) bag of Lay's, a snack pack of Lay's. A bag of Lay's or some fucking (laughs) Twizzlers, dude. You're like hobbling to the vending machine. I just need a sugar rush to get through the rest of this opera. Amazing. But Um. Valerie, what did did try to viola? So interesting journey. So I actually, so for some reason, my school that I went to in middle school, I went to a performing arts middle school. And I went to it because I wanted to play guitar. Like, I had dreams of being just a fucking dykey rock star. So mm. I was just like, to get all the pussy, I need to play guitar. Hell yeah. So, uh, as it turns out, my school did not have a guitar program. Um, so I joined orchestra instead. Somehow I managed to miss the day where the teacher, like, showcases all the instruments, like, plays it so you can mm. pick out which one you want. Um the teacher looked at my fucking hands and was like, you got stocky hands. They're nice and thick. And I was like, it's a little bit awkward. Um, she said thick with two C's. Thick. She said, you'd be great at cello. And I said, bet, sign me up. So I, I took the hoe home and I put it on the bus and I said, this is not for me. This is a whole ass person. I I, I will not take this on the bus. Yeah, again. the schlepping. The schlep. Uh, fuck that, dude. Mm. So I uh, brought it back the next day in class, and I said, "I'm gonna need you to give me something smaller." So uh, I ended up playing violin until about my sophomore year in high school, and that's because uh, I wasn't a very good violinist, and I wanted to be in the top orchestra. And they said, "Hey." 
if you want to be in the top orchestra, we can put you in there, but you're going to have to play viola. And then I was like, bet, sign me up. And then I found out that uh, viola uses, it's like the only one that uses a different fucking clef from everybody else. So um, I got to be in the top orchestra, but uh, I was shitting myself learning the uh, New World Symphony. Um, <laughs> not even knowing how to fucking read the alto clef. But you know who did it? this hell right here you did that's right did you know that i also i now that you say this i played viola when i was in middle school because my orchestra middle teacher knew that i was bored because i had already been playing an instrument this is like also an homage to our different selection of our or like our different processes of getting to our instrument that i had already been playing since i was like four and then i was in middle school and then i was playing viola and i still got first chair (sighs) There were, like, two people behind me. That is so upsetting. This is why viola jokes exist, because a bored cellist can get first chair in certain situations. I'm a talented musician, okay? <laughs> I have it in my bones. <laughs> I know you're talented, okay? You, all those lessons, okay? All that money spent on education. All that sh- money. <laughs> yeah, really. Speaking of all that money, um, my story of how I came to my instrument is such that my sister had been playing, had been taking lessons with her teacher and her teacher had a roommate who was a cello teacher. And so when I would come to my sister's lesson, she would always be like, Hey, when are you going to get an instrument for him? And my mom was like, he's like two and a half and all he does is make animal sounds and grunt. So, um, (laughs) Yeah, my cello teacher did see a lot of potential in those grunts and animal sounds and thought he would be great with the cello. Um, So, yeah. Then my parents also thought it would be cute for us to play, like, little duets and stuff, which we did, like, maybe three times at my, what's the lady, uh, hairdresser? Yes. We Mm -hmm. played, like, three Christmas gigs there and got paid, like, $100, and it was the most money I'd ever seen in my life, so... You were white babies. They they set you the fuck up for success, bruh. I grew up in a suburb which is fondly referred to as, quote, Greenhood Chillage, also known as Greenwood Village. But, you know, like the white folks and spoiled people driving their, like, brand new Lexuses at 16 had to call it something a little ratchet. <laughs> Greenhood Chillage. Chillage. Yeah. I hate this place. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. It's gross. Mission accomplished for them. And that's how we came to be. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, the rest is, as they say, history. Herstory. Herstory. (laughs) So um, next up, we've got a return of our Eat, Play, Loathe segment. And this week, we've got unsolicited thoughts on teachers who shouldn't teach. I think every single one of our segments is just our unsolicited (laughs) bullshit. Yeah, that's why I thought I would remind the listeners out there. We should Um, have honorary PhDs and just like (laughs) unsolicited peanut gallery. That's right. Um, I have a doctorate in unsolicited peanut gallery. (laughs) Peanut galleryism. Um, So teachers who shouldn't teach... uh, I also want to preface this with with uh, I know how bad teachers have it, fucking underpaid, uh, understaffed, underserved, under literally everything, even these fucking like children's parents at times. So um, I know how hard it is, but also it is p- 
plain to see when you come across a motherfucker that should just not be imparting knowledge to anyone, um, no matter what the age, babies, teens, tweens, adults, you should fucking do something else, probably something that has nothing to do um, with people. So uh, go sit in your fucking cubicle. Yeah, in front of your fucking computer mm-hmm. or, or, or fuck it, like go, I don't know, sit in a practice room and just record things. Mm. That's it. Mm-hmm. Um, or go be a geologist, an archaeologist, go to the middle of the motherfucking desert and dust some fucking rocks because <laughs> you would be way more fucking useful Sorry there. to all the archaeologists <laughs> who take offense to our unsolicited. I'm not saying that archaeologists are useless. I'm saying that you have a limited uh, social reach. And I think that some of these motherfuckers Mm -hmm. should have a very limited social reach. Mm -hmm. Um, For example, one memory that comes to mind for me is uh, the first day of theory class uh, in my undergrad degree. Um, So fresh out of fucking high school, you know, it's a bunch of babies in this class, right? We're all fucking teenagers. So I'm fucking walking in and it's like uh, this fucking guy looks like he snitches for a living. Like if he wasn't teaching music theory, he would be a professional fucking snitch. Just like disheveled hair, fucking uh, polo that doesn't fit, but is tucked into some pants that are too high. So he's fucking just some like pleated. Oh, yeah. Like beige. But are still wrinkled somehow. Like, how you got the creaks in the front, he but everything else is fucking wrinkled. It's the wrinkled anti-wrinkle pants. Yeah, yeah. like, you you still got to, like, touch them up in the dryer sometimes. <laughs> like, fuck. So, anyway, he's, like, just fucking rigorously scribbling on the fucking chalkboard with chalk. Yes, the chalkboard. And he's fucking writing all this shit down. I don't, e- I don't even know what the fuck's going on. But the first thing that this motherfucker utters out of his mouth is, like, if you don't know what's going on, then you shouldn't be in this class. So I'm just like, well, motherfuck, I should just pack my shit the fuck up and leave because I don't know what the fuck's going on in yeah. here. But also, uh, how the fuck do I get to know what's going on in here? Is that just like something I'm not privy to at this point? Because, you know, I, that's bullshit. Uh, that kind of teaching style only leads to fucking harm. Uh, it's this immediate installation of fear of what you're trying to learn about exactly Question mark? like why the fuck oh, yeah, well, y- you you are a detriment to your fucking craft and your trade girl mm-hmm. you are running people away from it mm-hmm. so why the fuck would you teach first of all why would you teach an intro level <laughs> music theory class and say some shit like that on the first day this is level one girl what the fuck why are you here why am i here i dropped that class quickly mm-hmm. and i didn't end up taking my theory rounds until a couple of years later but see what that did just to me alone like i'm just years behind in fucking education mm-hmm. because of this this well, one person and then the like added pressure of like you're a junior in a class with a bunch of soft or like freshmen mm-hmm. and they're like side-eyeing you because they're insecure but then they're like making it yucky it's fucking gross beyond using fear tactics uh there's folks that are just oblivious to their impact in teaching Mm -hmm. um so much so like the example i'm gonna use here is someone who is just so far removed from somebody else's experience and so far up their own ass that they don't know how disruptive they're being to the learning environment of uh the fucking department that they run Mm. 
interrupting people in the middle of their presentations, in the middle of their performances, whether it be um, on accident or on purpose, by open eating, fucking eating. Eating in a hall where we are yelled at for eating. It, this is another person, not obviously not your theory teacher. Yeah, yeah, this, this is definitely a different um, you shouldn't be fucking teaching scenario. Disrespecting people's time by uh, opening wrappers and cans and then providing little to no substance when it comes to feedback that you're required to give (laughs) feedback that the student is required to receive in order to improve uh, their craft the reason why they're paying tens of thousands of dollars to be in that space performing for you at that time Mm -hmm. the feedback was always it was either like nice or you know sometimes um have you ever had that like post night out diarrhea where it's just kind of explosive? Um, unfortunately, your playing reminded me of listening to that. <laughs> what the fuck am I supposed to do with that? Drink a can of LaCroix. What? <laughs> Pop it and drink it. How is that supposed uh, to make to make my fucking Mendelssohn better? <laughs> <laughs> like. <laughs> How is that going to help me with the second half of my fucking jig, girl? It's not. That's (laughs) the answer. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's really interesting because I think that people that are in those roles have this idea that they need to instill fear in people and that they need to instill this idea that, like, you will always be bad unless you're working hard enough. There's also this inherent you need to... You're either talented or not, and I'm only going to pay attention to you and give me give you my energy if you're talented. Like if you if yeah. you have, it's this constant rat race for approval mm-hmm. instead of actual improvement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, and that same teacher I remember would show up late to her least favorite students' lessons, like not just a few minutes, because every professor in music school is late a few minutes because we're all like time decorators so none of us have a fucking clue what like precise time is except except though like side note except you'll get fucking fired or get an f for being late literally but because these people already have jobs it doesn't matter and tenure usually but would show up late to some people's lessons but then come early and then stay literally another a whole new a whole another hour with the students that she did like you know the the this I'm sorry, I said a pronoun to indicate who this might be, but would spend time with the people, the students that had, like, were at, you know, like, 97% and wanted to get them to 98% instead of the, mm-hmm. like, student who's willing and devoted at right. 70% and to get them to 85%. And yeah. there's it's always the teachers that, you know, even if it's your theory professor – those professors hate teaching those classes, and so they're going to hate you, and you're going to hate the class for taking it, even though you have to in order to fucking graduate. Yeah. It's, it's just this ball of, like, toxicity. Yeah. Um, I think the favoritism, like, the blatant favoritism, because it's – I feel like – and also just, just to point this out, there is a difference between favoritism and – investment in someone for personal gain and then a mentorship 
mm-hmm. because when you have a mentor, when you when you're lucky enough to find a mentor and you have that personal relationship and they do give you a little bit of extra time for whatever this, that or the other, that is completely different than like, OK, well, I'm going to take all of the good Asian violinists and I'm going to put them in my uh, studio. studio. Mm-hmm. Um, so much so that uh, actually I have too many shitty people in my studio. So I'm actually going to bump a few of these out and give them to the shittier teacher so I can take some more uh, folks that will bring more accolades to my my studio I was just rather about to than say the accolades <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. rather than you know uh caring for the craft and caring for the future of the craft i think this is really what i've come to realize the most or or, or the uh, correlation i've come to make is that bad teachers equal an an insecure future for your for your craft mm-hmm. um and add to that a lack of diversity in classical music specifically like why do you think there's so many fucking black people that like don't play or so many black people that did used to play and no longer do mm-hmm. and you do something I mean? more relevant or something or not even fucking something completely irrelevant to music yeah. Yeah, yeah, at yeah. all mm-hmm. because you know mm-hmm. the favoritism in school mm-hmm. the lack of support the lack of a uh, of of mentorship opportunities mentee opportunities you know yeah um but yeah, uh, all that to say, fuck bad teachers, and I w- I hope that all of the good teachers out there um, understand the tax codes so that you can take as much advantage of this government as humanly possible when it comes to doing your taxes since uh, the last administration took away your rights to write off things that you pay out uh, of your own pocket for. Nice. I have a question, if we can, before we move on. Do you think, so you kind of talked about the craft and like having the craft as your, prioritizing the craft over your own personal accolades. Mm -hmm. And to kind of continue that idea of prioritizing the craft, do you think that there's like what level of like productivity is instilling, is that installation of fear, like the sliding scale of that fear becomes healthy so that you do respect the craft because otherwise if there's no fear you know i think that we're both like we both have the proclivity to kind of take an, take advantage of a situation where we are like where it's too easy like we're not yeah. a, we're not we're quote unquote afraid off. of our teachers mm-hmm. so we're going to slack off we're only going to practice just before our lesson so how how do you think you know obviously i'm not looking for like a answer but what is the effectiveness of fear installation? I think it depends on how it's used, right? I think mm-hmm. a perfect analogy is 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 parenting, right? Like there's parents out there that are out here with the motherfucking like just iron fist of bitch, if you don't motherfucking listen to me, I'm going to hit you mm-hmm. type of shit. Rather where you have like parents where, you know, if you don't listen to me, there there will be consequences. It might not be like a violent one. It might not be an abusive one or whatever, but y- you understand that there are consequences to certain actions. And I definitely work well with teachers who uh, set expectations um, around what consequences there will be if I, if I don't uh, meet the expectations. Mm-hmm. And that is something that I do need. Otherwise, I, I will take advantage. I will... Uh, see how little I can do to meet the the expectations, mm-hmm. and I think this is 
I don't I don't think I'm like this anymore because I'm out of school. So therefore, everything I do, I do for myself. It's yeah, not for a grade. Yeah. You know yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So uh, this is definitely like my mentality in school. I've, I've definitely evolved from it. But mm. I even in learning situations, I know what kind of instructor I need. I do need that person that's going to lay out expectations and consequences for me. But I don't need that abusive uh, side of it. I well. I don't know. I'm still. I'm gonna still keep using that word because I feel like some of the shit that these people do is fucking abusive, it's abusive like em- yeah. embarrassing you mm-hmm. in front of fucking your entire yeah, studio, making you cry, making you cry because you don't have something memorized or whatever it might be mm-hmm. in in that studio. Like I've seen a lot of fucking shit like that in my day, mm-hmm. and that's definitely not the kind of teaching style that I would work with. I would definitely like. I would. I would get into battle mode if I had somebody (laughs) who was teaching me in that kind of style and I would definitely not learn too much or get too much done. Yeah. Yeah. I always think like instead of the fear, you know, it's like edging away from fear. It's like the fear that you should instill is like the fear of disrespecting the art form, not fear of disrespecting the art, the person, but then Mm -hmm. you immediately progress from fear into it's like eagerness, it's energy to uplift Mm-hmm. the art form uplift mm-hmm. the craft to prolong yourself through the craft and so if you can get away from that fear but because patriarchal learning and how we you know this yeah. fucking style that's like uh, wrought in academia generally but also like is especially in, in our context is, yeah especially like you'll fucking music. hear all kinds of crazy shit about what fucking teachers will do like literally fucking publicly embarrass you Mm -hmm. to get you to learn a fucking piece Mm -hmm. although sometimes it honestly was kind of like funny to watch depending upon the person depending upon the victim i'm definitely not gonna lie when i would watch a white person become like (laughs) like berated that like clearly didn't definitely yeah that didn't practice for more than like two hours in a month yeah who's yeah you deserve it definitely because you're wasting our time and your teacher's time just because your parent was in a was in a famous north american symphony doesn't mean that (laughs) <laughs> you don't have to practice your motherfucking double stops, bitch. <laughs> the double stops. Because your parent did. Mm-hmm. That's why the fuck they're in the symphony that they're in. Ah, so next we have for you a new little segment we call Up Close and Personal. Uh, this week we have for you an intimate letter between Derek and a potential pen pal. Spoiler alert, the pen pal did not respond back. As of yet. As of yet. There's via still time. pen pal. Via, via pen didn't respond. It's not a pen pal. It's just an Instagram follower. Hmm. I, con- I mean, like... I feel like that still constitutes as a pen pal. If you're writing letters to each other on paper in 2020, 2021, that's, that's, you're setting up a pen pal right This is there. the only one I sent, though. And, he, and, and they said... If you if you write this letter, I'll write one. If you write a letter, I'll write one back. That was their kind of stipulation. I said, "Cool." This is why you don't trust people on the internet, Derek. But they're so cute and queer and artistic and like kind of theatery. I thought it was promising, but you know, this is why my heart is calloused and I won't ever love anybody. That's right. The context around this letter, just to give a little bit of back knowledge, is that I had been playing gigs in a Catholic church around the Christmas time, which is f- a frequent thing for 
classical music students to try and make money. Like holidays are huge uh, money-making opportunities for us, but not really for me. But anyways, I was here at this church and was writing notes in my phone as I'm as they're like preaching about how much they hate faggots and whatever else. So without further ado, hello, internet sexy friend. This Christmas, a Catholic church summoned little old me, and that is where these ponderings originate. These hemp sandal licking Catholics pay a dollar fifty minute for me to play root chords on my cello, totaling roughly five hundred dollars for five services. And looking at two to four musicians per service, that's a lot of fucking money. They're spending us week celebrating the whore Mary who was sleeping around and shoved out a baby that wasn't her husband's. A remarkably feminist tale, Mary presuming the naivety of man so successfully that everyone in this cursed, money-farting establishment is convinced of a miracle, a spermless zygote, over logic, infidelity sans a goatskin dick wrap. As a lot of us faggots of the new millennium, I was raised Catholic. Were you? My dad lovingly referred to his Catholic deference as, quote, cafeteria Catholicism. I pick and choose what I like. I've grappled with this sort of selective passivity for what feels like my whole life, and especially during this most recent surge of energy against racial injustices. How, or frankly why, should I respectfully allow an evil entity to promote a brand of morality embedded with vitriol? Aren't I even implicitly supporting them by making music with them? Oh, but surely I can pacify just one of these poor folks from their blinded ways. Should I perhaps channel my renegade act-up ancestry and run down in the middle of the homily and scream out, You're killing us! Perhaps I challenge the priest on his converse messaging of both selfless, guilt-ridden devotion to God and anti-communist individualism. I kind of gave up trying to argue with a room full of Trump-supporting ninnies long ago, an utter waste of energy. Our perceptions are informed largely by our experiences, and one disgruntled conversation with twinky old me is not going to change the detergent on years' worth of Sunday brainwashing. They are grateful for my music, yet have no idea nor interest of the heart-slash-soul from which it resonates. So instead... I sleep well at night knowing that their AIDS bloodstained money puts the gas in my car so I can scoot on over to a dick point appointment to sinfully, lustfully, passionately get my throat fucked and my ass bred. In, largely inspired by Mary's evening with God, the given name of Joseph's cuckold. But enough about my asshole. Tell me about you and yours. Love, Derek. I love it. I felt that that reading was really nice. I think it was, too. I think the inflections were perfect. Maybe I should take it to a open, <laughs> an open mic night. Especially with that ending. I feel like that ending is just like, first it comes out of nowhere. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I want the letter to keep going. And then you're just like, enough about my asshole. Tell me about you and yours. You and yours. <laughs> right? Like, why wouldn't you? I'm, I'm sorry. If we can go back to the preface to this, why wouldn't you respond to a letter like that? I... I'd be like, damn, I want to be friends with that person. Not to like stroke my own ego here for a moment, but like this is fucking good. You I know? agree. I it's agree. like when you perform well, you're like, damn, I sounded so <laughs> fucking good out there. And you're Got like the job. And then they're like, and we do can not offer make it you to the next. Yeah, round. we can offer you four thousand dollars a month. 
we can offer you um, a sub job at half of the service cost, and um, you will have to drive two hours to get here. Thanks. In Casper, Wyoming. Yeah. (laughs) We'll pay you $12,000 a year. All you have to do is drive through one of the most racist parts of the entire United States of America. Hmm. Pass a bunch of uh, Trump pent signs in June of fucking 2021. Um, yeah, and on that note, we leave you with a beautiful tune called Zebra by Beach House. Uh, this is all made and mixed by yours truly, Derek and I. Uh, we used a combination of... For a second, I thought you were going to leave me out of that. It's like, bitch, I made the whole thing. <laughs> hey, that's it. Cutting you out of the motherfucking deal, bitch. Great. You ain't getting no royalties on this shit. We don't own the rights to this music. But... <laughs> This song, we used uh, Derek's acoustic cello, uh, my guitar, and my voice, along with um, our Ableton skills to bring you our arrangement of Zebra. So please do enjoy.
we're back. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, next on the docket, we have our red flags for this month. And our red flags for this month are performative people. Fuck them. I personally think that this is a legacy of uh, colonialism. This idea of performativity. But let's explore further. Yeah, we'll get to your point and we'll dissect Mm -hmm. um, how this is a legacy of colonialism. Buzzword. (laughs) Buzzword. So this this concept might seem familiar to you. Um, after this past year, after last year's uh, burst of uh, internet activism and activism on the streets uh, with the Black Lives Matter movement and all the things that ensued after the death of George Floyd, uh, you probably had a lot of fucking white people and daywalkers on your timeline um, and throughout your life, sprinkled throughout your life, uh, providing you with performative activism. Um, this could have looked like uh, black squares to seem like you're really down with the cause, mm-hmm. but uh, you did in fact vote for Trump in 2016 and fully intend on voting for Trump again in 2021. This could look like you taking pictures at a protest that just happened to walk by you instead of you walking <laughs> in it. Um, One of my favorite, the social media, they were like, check in on your black friends and make sure they're doing okay. I'm like, your black friends don't want to talk to you. Yeah. (laughs) Also ask yourself if they're really your black friends, girl. Because if they don't talk about white people around you, you're not their fucking friend. Yeah. At all. (laughs) (laughs) So outside of activism, this could look like someone who will do or say something uh, just to gain positive social equity out of it uh be it as little and and as mundane as possible or be it uh something for you know accolades uh, an award uh, uh, a social gathering or something like this this could be someone who heard that or, or sees that you're wearing a radiohead sweatshirt and then comes up and talks to you about fucking creep uh, knowing good and well, you knowing good and well that this isn't even something that fucking Radiohead performs mm-hmm. and is something that white people like to uh, listen to when drunk and smoking their fourth cigarette of the night at two in the morning. I'm just looking for connection, man. <laughs> I love everybody. A connection on one of the most superficial fucking like planes possible. Mm-hmm. Um Look out for these people. They're fucking snakes in the grass. Look out for follow through in the words that they use because you'll often find that performative people will say lots of things and follow through with a total of zero things. Mm. So, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, offering, hey, we should get together sometime. It was so good to see you again. And then ghost you when you try to get together. Sometimes I could be ghosting you when you've already made plans and have uh, gone to the destination and you're waiting for this person. I love that. (laughs) I love that. Has Um, that happened to me? Yes, it has. (laughs) Was it a date? No, it was not. Okay. At least there's that. I mean, I guess. There wasn't any like hopes and dreams of some late night action i mean nah but a nigga is tired and i don't be yeah. stepping out for just anybody so if not. i step out for you bitch not. and then you don't motherfucking show up mm-hmm. that's a that's a big for mm-hmm. me yeah know? yeah performative people for me a lot of the times that i've like i think i've processed a lot of text messages 
that other people have received and I've processed the texts with them and I've processed my own texts. But when people send messages or say shit like, I'm not coming from a malicious place when I say this, but... Insert something malicious in. Yeah, like a sentence which you could replace with, I'm a giant wad of soggy toilet paper that I am pulling out of my ass. (laughs) And that is my state of being. Yeah, um, it is the uh, whole no disrespect, but... I'm going to say something real disrespectful right now. Mm-hmm. Like, so this is where, for me, it comes into the like legacy of colonialism and just this idea of, like, I literally did not mean to bring smallpox on those blankets. I was just trying to keep you warm. <laughs> okay. I was just trying to better the whole society because was, you people are fucking savages. I wasn't trying to tear down your home. I was just trying to build a giant fucking highway. I am so sorry. I wasn't trying to decimate your entire people. I was just trying to build a nation from coast to coast. I was... I wasn't trying to commit genocide. I was just trying to prevent the spread of communism. I wasn't trying to be misogynistic. I just think that women are really emotional and really have no use in society besides being uh, mothers and caretakers. Have no place in the White House. No place at all, especially if they're uh, ambiguously black. Yeah. So that's also to say, like, A, be wary of people that do this. But this is also, like, especially for me, this is a message so that uh, this is me speaking to myself as well as everyone, you know, of, like, read when text messages look like this but also don't fucking send a text message that looks like this because you may be doing it and not even fucking realizing it but like if you're saying like i'm not coming from a malicious place but erase that part of the sentence and just say what you want to fucking say and don't worry if that person likes you or not and that's like that's not to say that you should like infringe on somebody else's like well-being but you also have the full right to stick up for yourself when you feel like you're being yeah, dude. Don't be scared Discounted. of people not fucking liking you. I think that's uh, something that a lot of people have in common in many age groups. Mm-hmm. Like the fucking just desire to be liked by everybody to the point where it's so fucking detrimental to your personality, your fucking morals and who you are. Because you don't give a shit as long as you're comfortable and people like you. Mm-hmm. Like you really should watch out for those people. Um, I for one don't give a shit (laughs) if too many people like me and i think and i think i've talked about this before in another episode you know being a queer black femme presenting person i've already had much practice in my life from a very young age to know that like niggas aren't gonna like you literally for no reason Mm -hmm. it could be the fucking nappy hair on your head it could be the dark skin it could be the different languages that you speak it could be the fucking faggy gate in your walk like People aren't always going to fucking like you and you have to live with it. And the people that can't live with it are some of the most fucking just unbearable people out there, dude. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, I think the reason why this is a red flag is because if you don't pay attention to the red flag and you engage with people who are committing actions like this, then the moment that you express that you don't like their behavior, it's not that you don't like them as a person, but that you don't like their behavior. They think you hate them as a person and they have a fucking meltdown. Exactly. That's what it is. The the personal, the taking it personal 
of something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you can tell when a bitch doesn't sleep at night yeah. because of something. And you should run the fuck in the other direction. <laughs> I literally <laughs> brought these head. smallpox blankets for you. Okay. And now you're making me uncomfortable and I'm here. And now you want to teach my children's children children that their ancestors gave out smallpox blankets so that they can feel like oppressors? How dare you? I'm repulsed. I am. I am. Liter- I feel the nausea this swelling up. This place is the fucking worst. <laughs> <laughs> it's the worst. It's the fucking worst. Speaking cool. of, for our next segment. <laughs> Hot off the fucking press, dude. Um, speaking of how fucking like just trashy this fucking place is and by this place i mean america um i just want to bring our attention back to the people that run our fucking country and make our fucking laws uh fucking addison bitch mcconnell filibustering the insurrection commission this guy is such a fucking traitor and probably had his fucking tiny dick so far up his own fucking in in between his own ball sacks with like just I love that ball sacks was just plural. Ball sacks? Because Because he's he's a a fucking fucking creature. (laughs) He's not even fucking human. Yeah. So uh, you know that this motherfucker is so far into this shit that he doesn't want anybody to see, for any of this shit to see the light of day. Because that will will implicate so many fucking lawmakers on the Republican side Mm -hmm. uh, that helped get these fucking people into this fucking building. Mm-hmm. It is completely unacceptable what happened on that day, mm-hmm. especially remembering that the entire fucking, what is it called? The National Guard. Especially remembering that the entire National Guard was protecting the entire Capitol grounds during BLM protests. Mm-hmm. But a bunch of fucking rednecks, and, and actually I want to shy away from calling these people fucking rednecks because if you really take a look at the people who are at this function, they're fucking law- former lawmakers. Mm-hmm. They're lawyers. They're, they're business owners who can afford to take private jets to this function. Literal business so owners, these yeah. These are not stupid fucking hillbilly rednecks. These are people who are educated and are smart Mm -hmm. and are just that fucking racist Mm -hmm. and scared of losing their fucking rights. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like the huge issue with, first of all, we discovered that his first name is Addison, which is crazy as Valerie mentioned, but (laughs) fucking bitch McConnell Um, is the, like the filibuster that fucks up the entire Senate hearings i think it's filibusters are specifically in the senate because normally in the senate in order to pass any sort of legislation resolution whatever you have to have a simple majority 51 and 49 votes that's all you need which the democrats have right now so we're like oh cool we think we have some ability to progress but a filibuster is where you basically do whatever, which it often comes in the form of just like making a speech that doesn't end. That's you, basically what it is. Yeah, you get in the way of the formal proceedings of even like the discussion of these sort of introductions. And so instead of a simple majority to rule out a filibuster, like to stop a filibuster, you have to get a cloture, I think, C-L-O-T-U-R-E, where you have to have like 60% or like, it, what is it with that? Like three-fifths of the Senate. Like the full, you have to have three-fifths of the full Senate in order to stop a filibuster. And so because the Democrats then don't have three-fifths of the Senate, Mitch McConnell can blab his fucking jowls off for 
I could only take like maybe 45 seconds of him. Yeah. And then you, he can prevent even a vote on this insurrection commission from happening. And this yeah. is why the, the filibustering is such an issue because the Democrats are guilty of it. Bernie Sanders did uh, had an amazing one when he was like fighting for environmental rights and he like stood there for the longest one ever. And the, and the abolition of motherfucking Health, the ACA. Yeah, literally. Um, so yeah, there's like the issue around that because then these other people, what are the names? So I think before we move on to the fucking trash fire that is centrist Democrats, um, it's important to talk about the history of the filibuster. So the filibuster, uh, is directly rooted in racism. Um, it, it, came around during Jim Crow uh, times, and this was basically um, a tactic that white lawmakers used to stop progressive uh, racial legislation from passing, um, i.e. voting rights, uh, i.e. the end of segregation uh, nationally. Um, so yeah, these white folks were so mad that uh, Negroes were getting rights that they said, here's this rule, I'm gonna fucking uh, spew hate and dog shit from my mouth hole until people are too fucking tired of listening to me and then the niggers get to go back to their fucking homes and not get to vote or drink from my water fountain. Mm. That is where the filibuster came from. So everybody that is in, um, everybody who, who is in favor of preserving the filibuster um, is a racist piece of shit. Uh, and that's going to include uh, Mr. John Manchin uh, from West Virginia, who, in my opinion, is just an undercover Republican, just like uh, Kirsten Sinema. Uh, this gentleman, in, uh, he, he's crying in the favor of bipartisan uh, cooperation, uh, that destroying the filibuster uh, is going to dr- destroy uh, the bipartisan relationship that the Democrats and the Republicans have. Because um, it's going so well yeah, right now. And it's it has going been, so well. It has been for decades. Mm-hmm. Um, so in an effort to preserve this system that has been working for our country for decades, um, he wrote uh, an, an op-ed uh, talking I about how he's that. not going to uh, separate America by voting for um, a sweeping voting rights bill because the only way that Republicans can win elections is by cheating. Um, and again, also, that's been the deal for uh, decades at this point mm-hmm. uh look up gerrymandering that's should be the only word you need to to go down this yellow brick road um get me the fuck out of here <laughs> fucking disgusting so fuck uh that west virginia ass motherfucker uh fuck Kristen cinema from arizona your fucking roots are showing and your glasses are fucking ugly and you should be fucking ashamed of yourself for missing the insurrection vote and for voting against the uh hike of minimum wage um i hope that you continue to age like dairy and i hope that you fucking choke on your uh bland potato salad and fuck you that's all thank you i had had to hold it together during that roast (laughs) (laughs) thank you um before we get to our next tune uh yeah we wanted to bring you a little bit of uh comedy 
during the show. So next, uh, we have for you a few folks that have called in to our hotline to dedicate one of our songs to their sweeties. Yes, sweeties. Uh, bad bitch, ride a dick all night. Uh, so yeah, enjoy these dedications and uh, feel the love, spread the love, but wrap it up. Mm-hmm. And if you would like to be on our next uh, episode for our shout outs, um, the phone number to call is 303-420-6969. For a good time. instruments my acoustic viola Derek's acoustic cello uh this is called stay inside please enjoy
welcome back. Uh, for this last little segment here, we just want to leave you with a few uh, nice recommendations to round out uh, the next few weeks with. Um, so every show, we're going to try to leave you with some stuff that really makes us happy or makes us think or just really fulfills us um, on any kind of level. So what we've got for you today are some music recommendations from me. So one artist that I've really fallen in love with recently uh, is Luce and the Yakuza. Beautiful dark skinned fucking queen doing it out of uh, out of France here. All of this music is in French, so pop out that Duolingo girl and get to work and fucking listen to these slapping ass bops. Um, because yeah, they have a lot to offer here. And, uh, if you ever check out some of their music videos, uh, the Yakuza, it's actually a dance crew, uh, that is affiliated with the singer. So please entertain yourself and check out Luz and the Yakuza. I will make a shout out to a specific track by one of my favorite DJs, uh, CCL, whose name is Chechi. Originally from Seattle, lives in Berlin now, but on Bandcamp has a track named Mambo Number no. Six, which of course is an edit of Mambo Number no. Five. It's incredible. Yes. Um, it's a short little bop. You know, it's only like three, three, three and a half minutes. Um, but that and their sit on my interface part one mix Fuck on SoundCloud. Yeah. Isn't that an amazing name Fuck for a mix? Yeah. Sit on yep. my interface. Yeah. Um, yeah, got me through some shit. If you're into some, like, you know, kind of soundscape stuff, into some techno, it's really, really beautiful. Some, like, DJing like you've never heard it. Yes. Um, finally, for you, I do have um, a TV shout-out, a TV recommendation. Um, and that's going to be Exterminate All of the Brutes on HBO. Uh, it is a fucking amazing four-part documentary on the history of colonization. Uh, it is fucking thorough. Um, the director narrates it and does a phenomenal job of telling the story. Um, it is quite the time investment. It is, as I said, four parts, and they are about an hour uh, or more each. Uh, but it is on HBO, so hit up your friends for that young login. That habogo. That's right. Um, but if you call yourself an ally, it is an essential watch. Uh, I will warn the by POC folks, there could be a lot of triggering content in this documentary for you because it is a thorough history of colonization uh, throughout the entire world. So uh, watch that and fucking get learned and be angry because <laughs> shit's fucked up. And if you have to alternate that with something a little bit more lighthearted, legendary, also on HBO, HBO. Mm -hmm. incredible, incredible show, really fascinating to see ballroom in such a highly produced setting, but it still is so true to its roots and just the energy of the show is, I'm sure almost everyone that's going to listen to this podcast is already watching it but yes. the like two episodes i've seen i'm screaming the Bitch. whole time i'm sorry the that costumes. i've only seen two episodes but the costumes the dancing the judging the judging oh. taraji p henson just screaming Bitch. the entire time yes they, like have to turn her mic off <laughs> cut the mic yeah. uh but yeah um thanks for listening folks yeah um if you have anything that you want us to know about um anything at all uh questions you'd like to ask 
things you'd like to correct or uh, give us more information about, please email info at reddeltamusic.com. Any uh, unsolicited any unsolicited commentary that you would like us to provide you on any given subject info at reddeltamusic.com that's right we are professionally prepared musicians who give out unsolicited opinions mm-hmm. we love very it very great at that mm-hmm. so uh let us know and you have a great rest of your gay-ass Pride Month. On that note, we're going to leave you with a tune that we tried to leave you with last time. <laughs> but we're going to do it for real this time. That's right. We leave you with uh, Creep by Radiohead for realsies. Um, this is also, this is a very acoustic show. So everything we've done this uh, this episode with strings involved is all of our acoustic instruments. So we're taking it back to the basics and uh, bringing you um, an all-strings version of Creep by Radiohead. So enjoy and enjoy the rest of your month. And I hope you have a lot of great sex this month. Or if not, that's okay too. Yeah, just be safe, y'all. Great. <laughs>